Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Welcome to a beautiful Sunday morning in Southern California. Old Town Temecula. Wow, what a place to be. God bless you if you're streaming, you're joining us digitally. We thank God for technology during a pandemic, even more so. If you're here with us, it's good to preach to somebody that I could see. And I thank you for being here. I've always said great Sundays make better Mondays. And I am living proof that is true. And hopefully you are living proof that is true. When you start off your week in the house of God, everything seems to go a little bit better. Or if you're from the south, it goes a little bit gooder. (laughs) Amen. A couple things I want to share with you uh, before I begin my preaching. Uh... In the next couple of weeks, we're trying to pull our resources together to start new churches in North America. On our website, there's initials that says CFC, which it says Christmas for Christ, but I realize we're almost in February. But those are squares there for us to give, make it easy for you. You can just click on a square. It's like $1 all the way up to $115. And if, and if we take all the squares somehow between all of us, for church planners, not for us, We've been going 21 years here, but to help people start churches in North America, it would allow us to give church planners $6,600. So I'm just going to ask you over the next couple of weeks, if you want to log on to our website and email Weston out from the church office, click on any square. As of this morning, the dollar square wasn't taken. If you like the dollar tree, I'm sorry we don't have a 99 cent square, but a dollar tree... Pastor Mark and I tried to lead out with examples and grab those two white squares. But whatever you can do in the next two weeks, and if this is just too confusing on the website, as I can't deal with it, I'm not techie. Just give by check, giving kiosks, and just market new churches. Make it simple. New churches. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to pull our resources together, mail off a check, and bless somebody. And somewhere in my little bitty heart, that feels right, Brother Blair that I don't hoard all the blessings of God, I don't hoard all the comforts of North America, but there's some person trying to start a brand new church. Why? To change the world. Because all of us have been changed because of a church. That somebody somewhere said, hey, I'll go start something in a brand new city, and I hope and pray it takes root and it works. And so now we are in a position to say, hey, I get it. I want to send you an offering. And so again, that grid is on our website under the tab at the bottom, three letters, CFC. And if you could help us in the next two weeks, I think God would honor us. And can you shout amen? Amen. On behalf of our family, I do want to say thank you so much for the outpouring of your love, your compassion and prayers during the time of our family's loss. I realize that God's people in this church has been so amazing And on behalf of all of the families, I say today as a spokesperson, thank you. The food and the phone calls and the text messages, if you're kind of new here, about a week and a half ago, my father-in-law passed away of COVID. First person in our church that has passed away, many have conquered COVID, but he did not. And it's been a very, very emotional time for our church, and you can imagine for the family. 
And I just want to be the spokesperson before I preach. And I know my mother-in-law is watching, and I'm sure she's saying amen. And my sister-in-law is watching, and she's saying, come on, somebody, in her Tennessee accent. And I'm speaking for them today. And every one of you that have loved us, every one of you that have cooked for us and brought a cup of water in his name, it does not go unnoticed in heaven. And so as the spokesman and the preacher today, I just say thank you, thank you, thank you. The funeral service will be this Saturday at 11 o'clock in Chula Vista. And because of COVID, it's just family only. Unfortunately, I wish we could open it up and celebrate his amazing life with all of us face to face. But at the end of this week, the church office will send out a link if you'd like to watch it digitally Saturday at 11 o'clock. We would invite you to watch it and join us. And we know you would be there. And we, we know that you would support us in the building, but COVID has changed the rules for the way we gather. And we know how great of a person he was. And we don't have to prove that to nobody by the size of the crowd. But we say thank you. And if you want to watch in and see the family and extended family and the relatives, you are welcome to do that. And we'd be honored for you to join us digitally. And again, I say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. If you're able to stand this morning, I'm taking your attention to the word of the Lord in 1 Kings. We are continuing, and actually we are wrapping up. That's an oxymoron, is it not? We're going to continue and we're going to finish the sermon series that is called Anticipate. Three weeks ago, I preached about anticipating reconciliation. Brother Blair did an incredible job last week about anticipate deliverance. My assignment this morning is to preach to us about anticipate miracles. Well, I'm going to preach to four of you that need one. The rest of you can be dismissed. Anticipate miracles, something in your life that you can't fix and you can't repair and you can't heal and it needs a touch from the hand of God that is in the atmosphere. Say, hey, I need a miracle. And whenever we need a miracle, it's a big miracle. I'm going to preach to us this morning, but let me take our text, our foundation from 1 Kings chapter 17 and beginning with verse 8. And the word of the Lord came to him. Go out once to Zarephath, to the region of Sidon, and stay there. I have directed a woman there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the town gate, a widow was gathering sticks. He called unto her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? She was going to get it. He called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. Verse 12, As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I do not have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son. Watch this. That we may eat it and die. Elijah said unto her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make me a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make, me something, then make something for yourself and your son in verse 14. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. And I quote, 
the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. I'm going to preach to you this morning about anticipate miracles. Anticipating a miracle in your life. Heavenly Father, I pray once again that as I stand behind this sacred desk in front of some amazing people that are streaming live and standing in person, that the Spirit of God would flow through me, Lord, and speak to somebody's valley. Speak to somebody's darkness. Speak to somebody's uncertainty, God, that the Spirit of God would do what no man can do, Lord, but that we lean into the Holy of Holies, expecting, believing, chasing, and looking for a miracle today as I speak a prophetic word into every hearer of this place today. In the name of Jesus, I bless it. And if you receive that, could you shout back amen? Amen and amen. God bless you for standing this morning. You may be seated. Praise God. Praise God. Anticipate miracles. What miracle do you need in your life? The story, the backdrop, the setting, the narrative of the woman had her own issues with life. And the prophet comes and she steps out of her own suffering to get him some water. I'm not sure that we would have done that. She's in a situation. I have a boy. I have no husband and I'm going to die. Don't ask me for anything because I don't have anything to offer. I'm preparing for my final days, perhaps my final moments. But I want you to know this morning that your miracle begins when you step out of your own suffering. When your miracle begins in its embryonic stage, that you're stepping out beyond your own issues, beyond your own valley, beyond your own dark times, beyond your own suffering, and you stop feeling sorry for yourself, and you begin to help somebody else see what is happening. It's when I get my eyes off my own valley. It's when I get my eyes off my own situation. Here's something, somebody. It's when I get my eyes off a funeral that's in my own family that I realize that God is working with a miracle and trying to move us forward, but I've got to step out of my own suffering to see what God's doing in my life. Can you shout amen? amen. You got to be willing to step out. How do you step out of your own suffering? Because I know that I can't be selfish and get a miracle. You see, he asked her for water. And the Bible says that she was gathering sticks in her hands. She turns to get the man of God some water, a prophet. And as she's going to the water, he places another order upon her too. And while you're going to get me some sweet tea at Chick-fil-A, make that a number two combo with cheddar cheese. And not waffle fries because I'm healthy. Make that a salad, please, with vinaigrette dressing while you're going to do that. And when she spills the beans and she turns around and tells him, I was going to get you some water, but now you're asking me for something else, sir. 
Do you know what I was going to do when you came to the gate? I was gathering up the sticks. I was going to build a fire. I was going to make a cake. I only have a little bit of meal. I only have a little bit of oil. That's all I have left. Can I preach to someone this morning? When you're down to you know exactly what you have, you're broke. When you're down and you know exactly, I've got $38.14, my friend, you're broke. And in a pandemic, when you're down to the last roll of toilet paper and you know, be careful, I only have 14 sheets left on that roll, you're broke. She knew what she had left. She was down to a careful calculation of a mother's love, trying to make something work. You're not wondering what you're going to get. You don't just go through the grocery store pulling things off the shelf. You're calculating on your telephone, and you're adding the tax as you go. Why? Because you are counting down to the penny. You know exactly what you have. You've got enough money for the mortgage this week, and that's it. You've got enough money for the utility bill this month, and that's all I got. And the next month, I don't know how it's going to turn out. You know exactly to the penny what you have left. And that's exactly where we find this lady. And some stranger that God sent to her gate is asking her not only for a cup of water as she makes her way to the river. You've got to get the story. You've got to get the narrative here. She's gathering sticks. Her little boy's at home. And there comes a stranger to the gate, the Bible says. And he says and he thinks God sent him. And she don't know that God sent him. And she's getting ready to die. What kind of mood would a mother be in making her last meal for her little baby and herself to die? What kind of spirit of mentality would she be in that I'm gathering up the sticks, I've got to make a fire, and this is going to last us. And maybe, Brother John, after we eat, I might be able to go three days with no food and no water and no cruise of oil, and then you come into my life. I don't have anything to offer my family. I wasn't expecting you to pull up to the table. I don't have enough groceries in the cupboard, but I'll do what you said, so I'm going to get you some water. And then Elijah says, oh, by the way, you know that little meal of oil, cruise of oil and meal of a barrel, a barrel of meal been there? Why don't you do me a favor and make me something first? I'm just telling you, I know my personality. And I think those of you that are laughing know yours too. Don't come knocking on my door asking for food when I can't even feed my own family. Because I got a camera out there, and when I see you coming up, I'm not even answering. <laughs> I'm just at the table eating my last bowl of cereal. Can't help you. Not my problem. You should have figured that out later. And I'm taking my last bite, and we're going to die. That's exactly the environment that this woman finds herself in. But this is what I want you to understand this morning if you're watching with us online and you're in person. That God will never need what you lost. 
Your miracle will only happen out of what you still have left. You can't say, I don't have that anymore. I don't have enough food. I don't have enough groceries. I haven't stockpiled toilet paper in the garage. I've got one roll left with 14 squares on it. I'm telling you, my friend, God does not need what you lost. God uses what I have left. And when I lifted up to God and said, God, I need a miracle. Hey, I've got a few more days and rent is due. I got a few more days and my prescription runs out and I can't afford the new prescription. I just got a little bit of this. I can't be basing on that. What I've lost, I can't be crying about spilt milk. I got to understand one thing. God always uses example after example what I have left. He takes that and he blesses it and he creates a miracle. But I got to understand, I might have to step out of my situation. I might have to step out of my... mm, Somebody let me preach this morning. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody in your valley. I'm trying to help somebody in a pandemic, in a pandemia. I'm trying to come and speak a word of the Lord into your life and say, thus saith the word of God. If you do this, God will do that. Oh, come on, somebody. Someone shout amen. If there's going to be a miracle in your house, it's going to come from what you have left. Too many of us in America... Complain about what we don't have. And when you turn around and look at what you have, you realize you're really blessed than a lot of other people. We're spoiled brats in America. Mike, I learned that when I went to Costa Rica. I looked back and I told my wife. It's nice to have my friend Mike here and his wife and family. But I told my wife when we were in Costa Rica, I said, you know what? I'm sorry to say this I'm an American, but I think Americans are spoiled brats. And I are one of them. Because people that don't have a whole lot, they make it work with what they have. And honestly, Mike, I want to say they seem to be happier, and they seem to be at peace, and they seem to love life just a little more. This is all we have, but I like it, and I have a great life. The problem with preaching to the church in North America, we're North America, we're spoiled brats, and we want more and more and more, and the one with the most toys wins, and I got to get the next bigger job, and the newer car, and the new electronics, and the biggest house, and I got to get it painted, and everything's got to be cool, my friend. Come on. She's down to oil and flour. And the Bible doesn't even say that she's complaining, Brother Blair. Nowhere in the story, the narrative, I've read it 50 times this week. She's not griping. She don't have a bad attitude. She's just going to make it work. Well, what do you, mother, what do you tell your son? Hey, wait here. I'm going to go get some sticks to make a fire. And you know, as a mother, this is it. I can't tell him that. He can't process that. That's too much pressure. And while you're out gathering this, knowing you and your son are going to die, somebody says, hey, excuse me, miss. Excuse me, senora. Disculpe, mi senora. Listen to me. Escucha mi muy bueno. Give me that Twinkie. I, got, I know I'm repeating myself, but I just know my personality. Brother Tony, I don't see myself. I'm glad I wasn't in the story. I would have messed up the Bible. What? Do what? And by the way, who are you? Get off my property. No, no, that's not in the story with her. There's going to be a miracle in this house, and it's going to be done by what is left. If there's going to be a change in my life, 
It's going to come from what I got left. If there's going to be a breakthrough in your life, it's, it's going to come from what I have left. It's not going to come from what you lost. It's not going to come from crying about the past, but it's, mm, somebody listen to me. Come on. What do you have left after this and during this pandemic? What kind of job security do you have? What kind of wages are you making? How many hours have you been cut back and dwindled down to? Does the, oh, I need to help somebody here today because what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about a miracle. I'm talking about the supernatural where God steps in and does something that I cannot orchestrate. I cannot manipulate. I cannot do it with hands of flesh, but hands of the supernatural man of God and hands of God will take what I have left and he'll blow it up and he'll make a miracle and he'll bless you in the process. But understand, I've got to submit and keep my mind on Jesus. Oh, someone shout yes. But it's hard to give him what you got left when it's all you got, Brother John. I don't mind giving you something if I have leftovers. But that's a whole other conversation when this is all I got left. Come on, I got a half a jug of milk and two cups of cereal. Come on, and you want some of that? We'll just have to count out the Cheerios. One for me, one for my son, one for you. Two for me, two for my son, two for you. Five for me, one for my son, <laughs> none for you. That's how most of us would count. Nine for me, three for my son. Whoops, ran out. No, no. But I'm talking about a miracle. And when she knew exactly what she had left, a handful of meal and a cruise of oil. I've already measured it out, and I didn't measure it with you in mind. I've already measured it out, and I got enough just for my son and I to die. I'm telling you, my friend, she knew exactly where she is and what would be happening. What would you be if you were working on death? This woman in the story was working on death. You see, most of us are working on life. We're working on getting up. We're working on moving forward. We're working on moving through the pandemic. But she wasn't working on anything futuristic. She was working on dying with her son. You got to get this picture, my friend. It was dark and dismal. She had no hope. She was down to this. And maybe after not eating and drinking for a few days, maybe she's calculated, hey, by Friday, we're dead. Somebody will find us on Sunday or Monday, but I won't know about it because I'll be dead. I'm preaching to you about anticipating a miracle. I know we're in a pandemic. I know we're in a valley. I know we're in a dark time. I know things have been tough. I know 2020 was a horrible year, but I'm preaching to somebody to anticipate an amazing year. Why? Because I'm offering God. This is all I got left. Glory. And I think what arrested my attention in this, and she tells Elijah, then she says this, as surely as the Lord your God lives. She didn't say it, but her actions are saying, not my God, your God. So now God is sustaining Elijah in the house of an unbeliever because she doesn't claim Elijah's God. 
Can I tell you, sometimes God puts provisions in the house of an unbeliever in an unexpected situation. And we say, hey, look what the Lord hath done. Somebody this week in our church that texted me a corner of a check and it was a couple pennies shy of $700. And they simply said, look, I'm living in the overflow. I text them back. What is that? I don't know. I didn't expect it. It came in the mail and it was a couple pennies shy of $700. When I'm telling you, my friend, God makes the provision in your life when he uses all the resources around us. And so God's not limited to what I think or what I expect, but God is the God of everything. Every cattle on a hill, everything in the life. Oh, somebody needs to hear me today. I'm trying to help you. What? To get a miracle, to expect God will step into where you are today. Someone shout today. God has a way of getting your miracle to you. And sometimes the wealth of the unjust is laid up for the just. I'm not limiting God. I'm not putting barriers on God. However, God's going to bring my miracle. God's going to bring my miracle. You might be in a storm today. I want you to hear me. You might be in a critical moment of life. Maybe you're sitting here or streaming and thinking, I need a miracle. I am anticipating. I am believing. I need to discover in the middle of my crisis that God still loves me. And I'm going willing to step out of my crises. I'm willing to get my eyes off my situation. I'm willing to hearken to the man of God and the word of God today. Why? Because there's example after example after example in this profound prophetic word of God that he sustains people that lean into him and they lend an ear of faith and they lend a spirit of faith. What are you saying? Come on. I'm anticipating some bigger stories than a $700 surprise check this last week. I'm anticipating some miracles to say, look what the Lord hath done. Why? Because we believe and we anticipate it and we submit. Mm. So can I say it very politely? Quit crying over what you lost. That don't even sound polite, but I tried. Let him use what you have left. Some of you don't even have to get online on your mobile device to know how much you have in your bank account because you know exactly because you checked this morning. But that's what you have left. You can't judge your wages or your bank account on a pre-pandemic. Things have changed. The way we do church has changed. I don't like it. The way they do weddings have changed. The way we have to do a funeral this Saturday has changed. But what do I have left? Somewhere in who I am, I realize that God is good at the mountaintop and God is still just as powerful at the valley. Oh, that's a crutch to lean on? No, my friend. That's my anticipation of faith and a miracle because I believe the word of God. I believe the man of God. I believe the voice of God. Why? Because I'm a child of the king and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. That's you and I, my friend. That's you and I. Someone shout, yes. What do you do when the demand seems greater than the supply? What do you do when the demand for life, the demand for rent, the demand for utilities, the demand for health, the demand for seems greater than the supply? When you're at your wit's end and you say, Lord, I need this more than anything. 
Let me just remind someone here that God knows of every situation and every storm that anyone is in today. God knows this. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered. Let me just expand that the steps of God's righteous people. He sent Elijah to a widow's house. What happened? He ordered his steps. Her life was on a trajectory of death. She and her son were destined to die if something didn't change. You know what, my friends? She needed a miracle. Then the man of God stepped in and asked her for water. And as she turned from her death march to serve his request, she turns from picking up sticks. She didn't turn and question him. She didn't turn and reason it out. She didn't turn and rationalize it out. She didn't turn to debate it, but rather she acted out of her heart and she turned around to help the man of God and went on to the creek to get him some water. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but God saying, turn around. And she turned for the creek. Did she set her sticks down? Did she carry them? I don't know. But Brother Blair, I know she turned. She has her sticks. She's going to her son. She's going to make the fire. And the Bible says then she turned. Whether you're online or in person here, the story here is about turning. The story will not and is not going to end up like the enemy told you it would. Why? Because the devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. This might be a a disruption, but it's not destruction. Our lives have been disrupted. Our wages have been disrupted. Our way of thinking has been disrupted. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Why? I will not be destroyed. This church will not be destroyed. If you want to make it during a pandemic, if you want to make it on a dark time, if you want to make it in a valley, you got to stay with the church. you got to stay with the church of the living God. Why? It's not going to, it's going to disrupt us, but it's not going to destroy us. Someone come on, someone shout amen. So what is God saying? God's saying, turn around, young man. God's saying, turn around, mom. God's saying, turn around, dad. God's saying, turn around, visitor. God's saying, turn around and let me do what I want to do. You are on a trajectory to death. But the man of God brought a miracle to your household. And all you had to do was turn and walk to the creek. Her turning unlocked the miracle by faith. And how many of us among us this morning need to turn from our own issue, turn from our own situation, and lean into the voice of God this morning in this final message of Anticipate, subtitle, Miracles. And she turned. And her path and to-do list that morning was disrupted. And I just want you to know this morning, we used to sing the old song, the Holy Ghost told me, everything's going to be all right. 
the Spirit of God told me everything's going to be all right. I come against your anxiety this morning. I come against your depression this morning. I come against your perplexity this morning. I come against your fear this morning. I come against your turmoil this morning. And God said, turn around. And God said, turn around. And God said, turn around. Woo! In the name of Jesus, these are so. Because God said, turn around. Things are about to change. A breakthrough is on its way. Turn around. God is about to open the door. You're on the verge of a miracle. You're on the precipice of deliverance. You're on the edge of a breakthrough. But somebody here today is going to have to turn around and lean into the voice of God. What thus saith the word of God today for your miracle that's coming to your household. Oh, somebody put your hands together. Glory. Oh, somebody shout, turn around. Come on, shout out like a preacher. Turn around. Come on, Dad, you need to turn around. Come on, Mom, you need to turn around. Come on, young person, you need to turn around. Come on, co-worker, you need to turn around. Come on, nurse, you need to turn around. Come on, doctor, you need to turn around. Come on, Grandma and Grandpa, you need to turn around. Why? Because we're anticipating a miracle and a prophetic word from God, a miracle, a breakthrough that's coming to my household today. God said, I may disrupt you, but I won't destroy you. I may shake you, but I won't break you. You see, the man of God said, bake me a cake. If you put God first and stop planning on dying, God said, I'm about to open up the channels of blessings to you. Come on, you know your own personality. That's why for some of you, I'm telling you to turn around. Come on, drop yourself in the story. You live in Zarephath. Your spouse has died and you have a little kid. What's your temperament? What's your attitude? And and Elijah walks up to her. They don't know each other. God said, I'll sustain you. I'll send you to a widow's house in Zarephath. Go. She's picking up sticks. Elijah, how do you know she was the one? There's a lot of ladies that live in Zarephath. Mike, it'd be like the Lord say, hey, Tom, go to Costa Rica and there'll be a lady there that will house you for school. Well, there's a lot of ladies in Costa Rica, God. How will I know? Go to Zarephath. She believes the man of God, but it's very conspicuous to me Because the Bible says, she says, as your God liveth. She distanced herself. Not my God. I don't even know if I believe in God. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but it's going to be unexpected. 
This is going to be an exceptional blessing. God was about to give her a blessing. And all she had to do to unlock the blessing was bake the man of God a cake first. And thankfully for the story in her situation, she did it. You see, it's one thing to hear it. It's a whole nother level to do it. You can hear my message this morning. You can be a hearer of the word, but it's the whole nother dynamic to do it to get my miracle. If hearing the word would be enough to set us free, we would have been set free a long time ago. You see, you can hear it, but it doesn't work until you do it. Those of you online, listen to me. You're in the atmosphere of your home. Comfortable, casual, relaxed. And at home, the liability is I hear it, but I'm not inspired and motivated to do it. It's a liability. But the miracle came, Brother Tony, when she did it. It works when you do it. In the story, she went and she did it. She went into the house and she reached into the barrel. And the Bible says that the mill of barrel never ran out. Neither the cruise of oil ran out. Watch this, watch this. The Bible didn't say that the barrel ran over. It said it never ran out. You see, you've been upset because it never ran over. But you need to start shouting because it never ran out. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a miracle. I'm not talking about an abundance. I'm not talking about an overflow. I'm not talking about a tsunami. I'm talking about it never ran out. It never ran out. I've cried, but it never ran out. I was worried, but it never ran out. I walked the floor at night, but it never ran out. I've been tested and I've been tried, but it never ran out. Somebody shouted, never ran out. Woo! Come on, by faith, somebody shout, it never ran out. For 33 years, I've preached this gospel. And Brother Gustavo, it never ran out. I've preached it in the valley, and it never ran out. I've preached it up front in the storefront, and it never ran out. I've preached it in houses, and it never ran out. Mike, I've preached it in Costa Rica, and it never ran out. I've preached my father's funeral, and it never ran out. I'm about to preach at my father-in-law's funeral, and it never ran out. I'm 60 years old, and it never ran out. Come on, someone shout, it never ran out. Ha! anticipating miracles, signs, and wonders. 
Why? Because it never runs out. Ah. If you're able to stand with me this morning, please, if you could do that. I want to remind you, it's not about running over. It's about never running out. And if you put God first and if you trust God, it will never run out. You see, I don't know, Brother Gustavo, how long the famine lasted. I don't know how long the drought was. I don't even know how long Elijah stayed at her house. But what I do know is it never ran out. Right here. It never ran out. And all that I have experienced in 60 years of living, it never ran out. My message to the church today is to remind you that whatever darkness you are in today, whatever you are graveling with today, whatever pressure you find yourself under today, please know this, it will never run out. Never! Mighty men and women of God have gone before us. Grandma, I know you're watching. And in your deepest valley, you turn in the middle of the night and there's no spouse there that's been there for 62 years. Grandma, you could probably preach this better than me, but you know it will never run out. I'm not numb to the pain. I'm not naive to the darkness. But I have a profound respect that it never runs out. And when you get that in your spirit, my friend, I don't care what age you are. When you settle that in your heart with God, that it never runs out. I could live on the mountaintop or I could walk slowly and rickety through the valley long as I know. I want you to do this, my friend. Watch. And the praise team is going to lead us into another set of worship. We can take five of you up here for social distancing that want to stand on these and worship God and pray. But whenever, Sister Dolores, let's moving forward. Whenever I am wondering or worried, I want you to look at your hand and let those five fingers represent it will never run out. You don't have to say it. You don't have to verbalize it. You don't have to explain it. You could be in a bad situation. And Fernando, you just look up. And I think the power and the bridge that we build is when we take that, it will never run out. And we take that and we turn that to heaven as a hand of praise. And my faith says, show heaven. What are you doing? I'll explain later. I don't have time to tell you. Why are your five fingers stretched out towards heaven? I can't talk about this right now. I need to do this. Please step aside and let me do what I got to do. What does it mean? It will never run out.
And I offer that to God. And what he sends in return is the miracle and the validation of my faith. Returning back to God for my miracle. I want you to take your five fingers and lift it to heaven right now. I'm going to pray for us. If you're an overachiever with an A personality, A type personality, go ahead and take, hey, I'm giving both to God. Forget one. I'm not short selling my blessing. Lord, in the name of Jesus, the hands that are lifted online and in person, I pray an anointing, God, that it will never run out. Every finger represents a word. It's a movement of faith. It's an act of faith, God. And we anticipate miracles this week, signs and wonders, testimony, God, blowing up what's happening on earth. Yes, in a pandemic, but it never runs out in a pandemic. In a COVID-19, it never runs out. During the vaccination, it never runs out. During health, it it never runs out. In the name of Jesus, we offer by faith. Come on, Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.